right. Hey, everybody, who's glad to be at church today? Is anybody glad to be in God's house? Wow, man, have I told you lately how much I love you? I just standing up here looking out at you as you were watching the video. Just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm a blessed man. I just want you to know I just feel like the, the most blessed man on the planet to be able to be called your pastor. So thank you for letting me just be your pastor. You guys are awesome, and I love you, love you, love you so much. So glad that you're at church today. And, and I want to welcome everybody who's online as well today, and especially Darla from Charlotte, all right? Darla from Charlotte. She knows who she is. She was here in Wichita Falls um, doing some training out at Shepherd Air Force Base and uh, was attending church services with us. And she was coming to 21 Days of Prayer but has already had to go back to Charlotte. And, and she said, I'm, I'm going to be watching online. But she said, there's nothing like being in the room. And I think everybody here would agree with that. And if you're watching online today locally, I, I want you to know there is nothing like being in the room. It's just better in person. Can everybody say amen? Let's welcome everybody online, and especially Darla from Charlotte. So glad you're with us today. And you saw, uh, you saw the graduation video a minute ago. We have five students that are graduating our very first graduation of the Leadership Academy, which is a two-year ministry training program. We're doing the graduation ceremony tonight. You saw who they are, but I'm just going to shout out to them one more time. We've got Samantha Jensen, Robin Reed, there's Russ Horton, Mark, um, Mark Hoffman, and Doug Milliori, all just for two years have been dedicated. And come on, to God be the glory, they're our first graduates of the Leadership Academy. So proud of you, and they're going to be hanging out outside. We've got a little uh, photo backdrop back there in the lobby that's set up for tonight, but they're going to be hanging out out there. If you have questions about the Leadership Academy, like what is it? Tell me more about it. They would love to meet you and help you take a next step in, in maybe uh, being part of that, all right? So, uh, but today, we're in week two of a series that we're calling what are we calling it? By my spirit. That's what we're calling this. We're calling it by my spirit. I almost said running with the giants, but that was, that was the last one. By my spirit is, uh, is our series, and uh, it's a three-part series, but today we're in week two. And, and what we do in the month of August is we always take the month of August to give you a message series that's really focused on prayer or power or the Holy Spirit because we're trying to call us out and pull us out of the summer slump. Anybody know what the summer slump is? Because it's, it's like this, sometimes when we take summer vacation, so does our spiritual life. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we get on that summer vacation and we kind of get out of routine and habit. And this is one of those series that kind of pulls us out of that summer slump and really uh, gets us focused on God again. And we always couple it with 21 days of prayer. We do this twice a year. We do it in in January, and we also do it in August. And if you're new to City Hope, you can go to, to our website, cityhopefamily.com slash prayer. You can find out some information about 21 days of prayer there. But I want to tell you th that I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you as a church for the way you responded during 21 days of prayer. Uh, today is day eight of 21 days of prayer, but this place has been filled up every single day this week with prayer. We've actually had 970 hours of prayer that have been prayed since last Monday morning. Come on, somebody. That's, that's pretty incredible. We have traffic jams getting out of the, getting out of, uh, the, the church at 7 o'clock in the morning when everybody's leaving. It's just, I, I love the way that you just, you jump in and you, you buy in to to the process, and, and you really take it serious, and I just want to say thank you for that, and if, if you call City Hope home, I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you, be part of that, 
right? Just show up tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., and I'm telling you, it will change your life. I'm telling you, it's powerful. And, and the reason why I'm encouraging you to do this is because, because we seek God because we need him. Listen, we do 21 days of prayer. We seek God because we need God. We can't do without God. We need him in our marriages. We need him in our finances. We need him in our children. We need him in our schools. Come on, somebody. We need him in our government. We need him in every part of our lives. We need the power and the presence of God. So I want to encourage you to be part of that, all right? And um, I want us to take a look at our theme verse today. Our theme verse for this series is Zechariah. It's chapter 4, and this comes from an Old Testament prophecy. So, so it was written in the Old Testament, a prophecy in the Old Testament that was to be fulfilled and was fulfilled in the New Testament. And Zechariah writes this. He said, this is the word of the Lord, that it's not by might and it's not by power. So not by your human effort, your human ability, or what you're able to do in your own, in your own strength. But I want you to say these words with me, but it's by my spirit. By my spirit. That's how we do what God has called us to do. And not by our own efforts and not by our own, our own abilities. And this word spirit is the Hebrew word ruach. All right, so in, in Hebrew it's ruach. It, it simply means um, breath of God. In the New Testament it's pneuma. And in both instances it's talking about the breath of God. Uh, or it could be translated as unseen force. But I want you to know it doesn't just mean breath of God, it is the breath of God. So when you read this verse, the best way for you to read it or translate it would be, it's not by might, not by power, but by my... That's it. That's what it would mean. And that's why in Acts chapter 2, when you read that there was a, a sound like a rushing mighty wind, what was that? That was the Spirit of God. It was the breath of God filling the upper room where the disciples were gathered. Amen? All right. So uh, last week we talked about spirit-filled prayer. Next week we're going to talk about spiritual gifts, that every one of us have a gift inside of us. God has purposed for us. He's put something, a supernatural ability, a supernatural purpose in our lives. But today we're going to talk about power, the power of the Holy Spirit, and how do we, how do we get filled with the Spirit, all right? So we're going to jump into that, and I want to take a look at this verse in Corinthians where Paul writes, and he says that the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. And I would propose that for some of us in this room today, that's all it is. It's just a lot of talk. It's just, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I go to church, but we ain't got any power in our lives. And Paul says, no, it's, it's so much more than just talking about it. It's so much more than just showing up. Come on, it's living by God's power. And that word power, is, it's the, the Greek word dudamus. It's where we get dynamite. Dynamite, right? It's where, where we get that word dynamite from. And it means supernatural ability and strength. So how many of you would take God's supernatural ability and strength to do what he calls you to do on this earth? It's not a bait and switch. Don't worry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just asking you, do you want his, I, w I want his power. I need supernatural ability and strength in my life. And so the question is, how? How do we get it? How do we walk out this spirit-filled, spirit-empowered life? And I want to show you today, okay? It actually comes from Jesus' last words. 
the last words that Jesus ever spoke before he ascended to heaven. And when I was preparing this message, I, when I wrote those words, last words, it reminded me of, uh, of what every redneck's last words are, okay? And if you don't know what, the, what redneck's last words are, the last words of every redneck are, hey, watch this. Hey, watch this. Some, some people might say, hold my beer. Watch this. All right? And it's not watch this, it's watch, watch this. That's one word, watch this, okay? All right, I thought, thought y'all would laugh a little bit more at that. I thought, some of y'all are like, is he calling me a redneck? I'm not sure. No, so, so Jesus had some last words before he went to heaven, okay? The last words he ever spoke were in Acts chapter 1. But, uh, but let me, let me kind of recap for you what happened leading up to his last words. Jesus was perfect in every way. He was blameless and spotless. And, and something, something had to die in order to pay for our sins. And it had to be a spotless, a, a spotless animal. That's the way they did it back in those days. But Jesus is referred to as the spotless, blameless lamb of God. And so he had to die on the cross, a, a Roman a Roman way of torture, he died on the cross to pay for our sins. And they, they buried him in a borrowed tomb. A guy named Joseph Arimathea loaned them his tomb. He, he actually buried Jesus himself in that tomb. But Jesus didn't stay dead. On the third day, Jesus came back to life. He rose again, and he spent the next 40 days walking the earth, appearing to people in his God bod. Y'all know what that is? It's glorified body, all right? That's the S. The SBV version, that's the skinny B version of, of that glorified body, God body. I thought y'all would laugh at that too. Come on. It's, it's 1035 in the morning. So, so he's appearing to them in, in his glorified body, but he's, he has one goal, and that is to teach them about what? Holy Spirit. If you go back and study it, that's, that's the subject of, of most of his discussion as he appears to his disciples is... Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. He's coming. And so here he is on the Mount of Olives, 40 days after he's risen from the dead. He's about to ascend into heaven. And here's what he says to his disciples. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And here's what I want you to see today. That in order to receive the power, the prerequisite for the power is the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? So if you want power in your life, it doesn't come just from being saved. It comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, so there's a power when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to try to walk you through this today and try to help make sense of this for you. Okay, um, because Jesus told his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. He was saying, don't try to do this on your own power. It's not by your might, not by your power. I want you to stay here and don't do anything on your own because the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to give you the power, okay? And I, I, would, I would say to you today that the Holy Spirit, the, the theology of the Holy Spirit is one of the most misunderstood theologies in the church today. It's one of the most misunderstood parts of Christianity because a lot of people would go, I mean, I, I, I mean we know about salvation, right? We, we all agree that John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only 
son for us that if we just believe in him, we wouldn't perish, but we would have everlasting life. That's easy to buy into. I don't know about that Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit, you're going to have to stay over there and behave yourself. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But I want to show us today, I just want to try to clear up confusion. I want to whet your appetite a little bit. I want to encourage you to get to know the person and the power of the Holy Spirit for you today. And I'm telling you, if you'll just lean into this moment, it could change your life. All right? All right. So so let me show you two places in, in Scripture where we see uh, the Holy Spirit. Now, we see him all throughout the New Testament. But I want to show you two places where it's, it's clear that there, is, that there is two different experiences, salvation and Holy Spirit, okay? And it's in Acts chapter 19. This is one of the places. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. So this was a church that he was planting. He was starting the church at Ephesus. The book of Ephesians in your Bible is written to this group of people in Ephesus, Okay? So when he got there, he found some disciples, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we don't know what you're talking about. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And so Paul asked them, well, then what baptism did you receive? And the word baptism is, is, just means immersion. What were you taught about? What were you immersed in? Who, who, uh, who baptized you into their teaching? And they said, John. We were baptized in John's baptism. And Paul says, well, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. You acknowledged you were headed the wrong way and you turned. And you started going the right way. But John told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. Believe in Jesus. And so on hearing this, they said, well, we want to be baptized in Jesus then. We believe in Jesus. And so they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus... And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. So watch this. There's two experiences that happen here. There's a salvation experience where they were baptized in Jesus. They're saved, and they're going to heaven. But then there's also a separate filling of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And what did they receive? Power. They had power in their lives. All right, let me show you another, another place in Acts chapter 8. It says that Philip went down to the city in Samaria. He proclaimed the Christ there. And when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard Samaria, heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John. We want to know what's going on up there. There's revival happening. And so when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So again, they've been baptized, but they hadn't received any power yet. They've been saved, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. And, and so they didn't receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen on them, hadn't come on them yet. And so they simply had been baptized in the name of Jesus. See the two different, two different experiences? They've been received Jesus, been baptized into Jesus, but hadn't received Holy Spirit's power yet. And so then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and what happened? They got power. They received the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just trying to show you that there's two, two separate encounters here, and that if you want power in your life, salvation is great, but there's something that goes beyond salvation, and that is an infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life, okay? 
So I, I want to help you make sense of this today. Um, and a lot of people would, they would say, well, why doesn't God just give all of it to you at one time? I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be like a, like a BOGO? You know, just buy one, get one. Jesus, can I just have all of it at once? And he, he says, no. No, there, it's two separate experiences. And I, here's why it's not a package deal. I think it's because Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, they wanted salvation to be completely free without works. You can't do anything to achieve it. You are saved by grace, through faith, not by your works, lest you could boast. They, it, they wanted it to be a free thing. It, this is a gift from God. Salvation is a gift from God. You don't do anything to earn that gift. And so um, a lot of you, you're saved. Thank God for that. You're, you've, you're born again, you're going to heaven, you've been baptized, and maybe if you haven't been water baptized, we do that the first of every month. You want to take that step. It's actually a command of Jesus to be, to be water baptized. And some of you, that's where you stopped. That's the extent of your Christian walk. Can, can I just say to you that, that your spiritual journey doesn't end at salvation, that's just the beginning. Amen. Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. Salvation is not the end of your spiritual journey. It's just the beginning of your spiritual journey. And I think, I'm so thankful for salvation. Salvation secures my place in heaven. But God knows that until I get to heaven, I'm going to need some help on this earth. And he sent the Holy Spirit to give me power, to give me strength, to teach me and to lead me and to comfort me and to counsel me and to help me and to, to be with me. That's what he sent the Holy Spirit for. And, and so a, a lot of you today, you, you're saved. You're going to heaven. But you've gotten complacent. You're kind of comfortable in your walk with the Lord. And you might even say, well, Pastor Ben, I've, I've been in church my whole life. Well, that's your problem. You've been in church your whole life. That you, you think, I really I don't need anything else. I'm, I'm a regular at church. I, I go. I attend. I, I put some. I toss a little change in everyone. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And, and I just want to tell you, no, there's more. There's more that God has for you. There's more that God wants to do in you and through you and for you. And so I, I, would, just, I would just say be careful that you don't grieve God. Be careful that you don't break his heart. Well, how would I do that, Pastor Ben? How would I grieve God? How would I break his heart? Paul, Paul is writing to the Ephesian people here. The church that he planted, we just read about in Acts. And he says this, his Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. Notice that, that breath of God. That's the most intimate part of your life. And I would say for some of you, it could be the most intimate part of your life. It could be. Making you fit for himself. Here's how you grieve God. And here's how you, here's how you break his heart. Is when you take the gift of the Holy Spirit... Granted, when you say, I don't really need that, I, I'm, I'm good, I'm, I'm, you know, God's, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I really don't, I really don't want to, I'm just kind of like playing with fire, I don't want to do that, you know, no, we, we actually grieve him and we break his heart when we take the gift of the Holy Spirit for granted, can, can I just say it, it's, it's like you opening up gifts on Christmas Day. And you open, the first, the first gift you open is the best gift. It's salvation. And then you stop there. You say, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to open any other gifts today. 
I'm fine. I'm, and you leave all of the other gifts unopened. There's so much more under the tree, but you go, no, I'm, I'm satisfied. This is good for me. I'm fine just going to heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm fine just, I reckon I'll just try to make it here on earth until I get to heaven. And that's why you need the Holy Spirit, so you don't have to just try to make it here on earth until you get up there to heaven. No, no, no. We need the Spirit's power in our lives. So what do I do, Pastor Ben? I need to be filled with the Spirit, Paul says. And this is the power that I need to live the life that God has called me to live. So that's the inspirational part. I, I took 20 minutes of today's message to just give you inspiration, to kind of try to whet your appetite, to try to just push you a little bit in, into this direction of, of wanting and recognizing the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. That God has more for you, everybody. He has more for you. And I don't want you to just be satisfied with coming to church on Sundays and just, just getting into heaven. Come on. There's more to God on this earth. There's more to our life on this earth than just getting into heaven. So I want to show you that today, that the Holy Spirit can change our lives. And I'm going to give you three, three thoughts, okay? Three things about the Holy Spirit. How can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? So if you're taking notes... Jot this down. Number one is that if you want to be filled with the Spirit, you got to break the barriers. Break the barriers that keep you from all that God has for you. And these barriers are not just like, I'm not talking about sin barriers. That could certainly be a barrier. I'm talking about your theological barriers. I'm talking about your doctrinal barriers. Well, I don't know about the Holy Spirit, Pastor Ben, because I grew up in a church that didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And, and there are churches like that that believe that the gifts ceased. They're called cessationists. And they believe that the work of the Holy Spirit, that everything that God did in the book of Acts, it's true and it's real. It did happen, but it doesn't happen anymore today. It's over. When the last apostles died, so did all of the gifts of the Spirit. But I'm here to tell you today, God's Word doesn't say that. God's word doesn't say that, so I, I, I can't hang my hat on that theology because, because Peter stood up and he said, no, this gift of the Spirit is for all whom the Lord our God would call. Yes. And the all whom the Lord our God would call is you and me, Amen. all right? So I don't believe that. I, that. That's not true. But then there's another extreme in the Pentecostal circle that would say, you can't even be saved and go to heaven unless you speak in tongues. And that's not true either. It's not true either. And so what I want to do is just clear up this, this confusion about the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you, you need to break down some barriers that you've had about the Holy Spirit from, based on church experiences you've had. You had a church experience where they introduced the Holy Spirit to you in kind of a weird and goofy way. And you said, I don't want that. But I want to tell you today, he's not weird and he's not goofy. All right? He's not. People may be, but he ain't. I don't, ain't, ain't a word, Pastor Ben. Well, I'm sorry, all right? So, so let, me, let me tell you a little bit about my, my background, the church I grew up in. Uh, every once in a while, I'll tell this story. I grew up in a classical Pentecostal church, so I was raised in a, 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 a Pentecostal church, and I'm, I'm very thankful for my church background and, and my heritage, where I came from as a young believer. In fact, our, our theology here at City Hope is is grounded and it, it comes from a Pentecostal theological background. But I, 
but in my church, in my little Pentecostal church that I grew up in, anything that you could imagine happening in a Pentecostal church probably happened in my church. Except we didn't handle snakes. I want you to know that we did not handle snakes. I was from Tennessee, yes, but we did not handle snakes. We, we, we weren't about to do that, right? And so I, I joke about that, but, but I'm thankful at the same time for my Pentecostal background and my heritage. And, but I know this. I know that the kind of church that I grew up in is also a reason why some of, some of you might even say, well, I don't know about the Holy Spirit because I went to a church like that one time and it just, it just kind of turned me off. And I just want you to know, listen, the Holy Spirit's not weird or goofy. When, when I, I, it was not until 20 years ago when we, when we first moved to Alabama to join the staff of Daystar Church where we served for 15 years. That's when I really began to understand the Holy Spirit in a different kind of way. See, my little church growing up was very me-centric in our, in our theology on the Holy Spirit. We thought it was all about us and feeling good and what we experienced in the church service. But I began to, I began to realize that it wasn't that at all. That Yes, the Holy Spirit was for me, but the Holy Spirit was given to me so that I could be powerful, so that I could be a witness, so that I could be bold, so that I could help other people come to know Jesus Christ too. That it wasn't just about me and what I felt like all the time and the experiences that I had. Come on. And so, and so, yeah, I had, to, I had to shift some things that maybe I believed in some things that I thought about the Holy Spirit. In a, and that's, that's the kind of church that we're trying to build today is one that believes in all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One that believes that everything that God has ever done, God can still do today. He still can do it. And so, so the, the sad part is, the, the reason why some of us kind of distance ourselves from the Holy Spirit is because we tend to avoid what we're afraid of. And we, we, we avoid what we don't understand. So maybe you had a, a, a bad church experience and you just thought, you know, well, I'm just going to stay away from that altogether. You know, maybe you even went to a church that said, y'all need to stay away from them Holy Ghost people. And, and you, so you avoided, you avoided it because you were afraid of it, because you didn't understand it. And I'm just, I'm just here to say today, he's nothing to be afraid of. Holy Spirit is there to be a friend to us. In fact, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift is from above. And I would, I would say to you today that the Holy Spirit is good and he is perfect and he is coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. But when we resist the Holy Spirit in our lives, I think we offend God. I think we offend him when we push back the Holy Spirit and we say, no, we... Or, or maybe, we, maybe we say, okay, Holy Spirit, you can come in, but you got to behave yourself. You better not be acting a fool now. No, we offend God when we do that. So what do we do, Pastor Ben? We need to repent of that behavior. Repent of believing that. Repent of believing that the Holy Spirit is something to be afraid of. Hey, this is what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, but also... You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit comes what? Power. Power for what? To do what he's called me to do. To live the life that he's called me to live. And this is for all of those, those of you who maybe grew up in a cessationist background. Watch this. The, this promise of the Holy Spirit is for you 
and your children. Well, Pastor Ben, he was talking about the people present that day. And for all who were far off, well, he was talking about everybody who lived in that day, you know, in the distant lands of Israel. And for all whom the Lord our God would call, that's you and me. We are the all whom the Lord our God would call. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit is for us today. It's for us. So number, number two, the second thing, if I'm going to... If I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, number two, I need to ask for all that God has for me. Yes. Ask for all. And I want to give you a dangerous prayer to pray. Just a dangerous prayer. And it's this. God, if you have it, I want it. And it's dangerous for those who are complacent. Because if you don't want to grow, <laughs> if, if you're comfortable where you are, don't pray that prayer. But if you mean it, if you would just say, God, whatever you have, I want it. If you have it, I want it. Just begin to pray that in your everyday life. And, he, and the Holy Spirit will show up. He'll give you power. And he'll give you strength. Why? Because all that we have is not all that God has. We're out here trying to do it in our own power, trying to make it work in our own. But he says, no, I've got more for you. I've got something greater for you. And, and I want to show it to you in this prophecy from the book of Ezekiel. Old Testament book, again, and Ezekiel uh, saw this, he had this vision of a river that flows from the temple of God all the way to the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea happens to be the lowest place on earth and the hottest place on earth. I was there back in May. I can attest. It was, it was, there's, it's lifeless. There is no life in the Dead Sea, which kind of reminds me of some of our lives before we met Jesus Christ. But in this vision, Ezekiel sees this river flowing from the temple of God that flows to the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea was teeming with life in the vision. What is that? That your dead life is now alive in Christ Jesus. How? Through the Holy Spirit. So he, he, he is taken on this journey in this vision by a man and he sees different levels of this river. And I want to show that to you today. This is, a, this is an Old Testament prophecy about the New Testament infilling of the Holy Spirit. Take a look. Ezekiel 47 says that as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. So that just kind of symbolizes salvation. I'm, I'm born again now. I'm going to heaven. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm saved. But then it says... That he measured off another thousand cubits, and he led me through water that was knee deep. This represents when we start taking next steps in our in our walk with the Lord. So I go to growth track, and I I, I join a body of believers. I start serving on the dream team. I, maybe I get in a small group, and I start taking off the mask, and I start getting free in some areas of my life that I've been in bondage to for a long time. I'm 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 just taking next steps in my walk with God. But then the next. The next part says that he measured another thousand and he led me through water that was up to the waist. And this is where we start to, we start to feel the current a little bit. If you've ever been in a body of water that's moving, maybe, maybe you've been in the ocean before and you feel that current kind of pulling you, you, you really only start to feel it when you're up to your waist, right? right. So you're, you're, you're in that body of water and you start to feel the Holy Spirit just kind of, just kind of pulling you out a little bit. And that's where it starts to get uncomfortable. You know, if you're at the beach, in order, to, in, in order for the waves to not knock you over, you kind of brace yourself, don't you? 
You'll, you'll stand there and face it, and you'll dig your feet in a little bit, and you'll, you'll kind of bow up on it so the wave won't knock you over. Maybe you're standing in a, in a, in a creek or a river somewhere, and you're, you're waist deep, and you kind of got to gotta straddle a little bit. You got you to gotta, you entrench yourself, and that's where some of you are. You're waist deep. You're saved. Maybe you're in a small group, but you're, you've decided... I shall not be moved. <laughs> and you, you know that the Bible says, shout out to God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. But you say, not me, preacher. And you start to brace yourself. You know that, you know that, the, Bible, you know that the Bible says, lift your hands in the sanctuary. But you go, not me. That's just not me. That's just not how I work. I don't roll like that. PB, that's not me. And you and you entrench yourself and you say, I'm I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But why is it we don't have a problem doing that for our other congregation on Friday night and on Saturday and on Sunday? We don't have a problem doing it at AT&T Stadium or down in Austin or Texas A&M or Baylor or TCU or on Rocky Top for crying out loud. We don't have a problem doing it in those places. Come on, I just want to tell you today, church, I'm not going to praise a group of 20 men running up and down a football field more than I praise my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That was, that was good. <laughs> Minister Ben, thank you for that today. No, I, I, I'm serious. Man, you have no idea how many times I have gone to bed frustrated at my football team, angry. I've lost sleep over the Tennessee Vols for crying out loud. But I've never lost sleep over my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he's done for me and how he's worked in my life and how he's... Man, those, those kids don't even know my name. But the creator of heaven and earth calls my name every single day. He knows me. He breathes life into me. And so I'm going to praise him. I'm going to lift his name up. I'm going to honor him. So I'm just trying to stir you up, church. Just trying to give you, just trying to stir you up. And so this is what happens. Here's the next level. That he, he measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I couldn't cross. Because the water had risen and was deep enough for me to swim in. It was a river that no one could cross. And this is where God wants us. He wants us in over our heads. He wants us to let go of control. He wants us to let, to let the Holy Spirit have his way in our lives. He wants us to be spirit-empowered and spirit-led. And I remember the first time I ever raised my hands at church. Anybody, can anybody remember the first time? I thought everybody was looking at me. I'm, I'm worshiping. Now, remember, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, so it was not uncommon. But I remember I was like 13, and I remember, you know, just the, the music's going. It was probably some like 2-4 type beat, like a boot-da-doot-da-doot-da. probably something like that. And I remember just kind of leaning my head down a little bit and kind of lifting it up like that, you know. And I thought, everybody's looking at me. They're going to be talking about me after church. Now, that was the first time I ever raised my hand, and it just got a little bit easier. It just got a little bit easier. I, I became more comfortable. And now, if you watch me during worship, I'm like a jumping jelly bean. I can't stay still. <laughs> What's gotten into Pastor Ben? He who's been forgiven much loves much. Yeah. I just can't help what God has done in my life. And I, I just can't help it. And I just want to tell you today, you don't have to go from here to here, but just take a next step. 
Just, just start growing in your faith. Just let the Holy Spirit begin to do some work in your life. Just, just begin to call out to him. Did you know you can talk to the Holy Spirit just like you talk to God? Absolutely. You, you, you can. And so I want to encourage you to go all in in your relationship with God. Go all in in every part of your relationship with God. Because you will never know the difference it will make until you go all in. Just like you can't be saved, you're not really saved unless you go all in. You can't experience all that God has for you, all that the Holy Spirit has for you if you don't go all in. And so I want to encourage you today to give us a year of your life. Give God a year of your life. I look at Steve Lane over here, who on the first Sunday that we had a church service on January 27, 2019, he gave God a year of his life. And he said, I'm just going all in. And I want to encourage you today to go all in in 21 days of prayer. Because you'll never know unless you, unless you try it. Right. Go all in. Maybe, I, here's what I believe. God's calling some of you to not just attend a small group, but to lead a small group. You've been called to do that. But you've been, you've been bracing yourself. Not me. I'm not leading no group. I can't do that. And I want, to, I want to just tell you today, look, we need like 60 to 80 groups to facilitate all of, the, all of the growth and all of the people who need to be in a group. And God's speaking to some of you about leading a group. And you're, you're kind of, you're just like, no, I don't know about that. I just, you're in, that, you're in that waist deep water. And I want to tell you that you'll grow more in 12 weeks leading a group than you have in the last 12 years of your life. I'm telling you, you can see God do some fresh and amazing things in your life. You need to step into that new season of leading a group. Give God a year of your life. What does it look like to give a year? That when you go all in, there's swarms of living creatures. This is the end of the prophecy from Ezekiel. That, that living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Wherever the Spirit moves, your life is going to be life. It's going to be life-giving. In Jesus' name. Here's number three. You've got to form an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Some of you know the Holy Spirit. Some of you are acquainted with the Holy Spirit, but form a relationship. Wherever you are now, get a step closer. Wherever you are today, take a step further. Begin that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, um, but why did Jesus tell the disciples to stay put? He told them, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the power. Why? Why did he do that? Because when you look at the disciples, every one of them have been with, they've been with Jesus for three years. I mean, they've been walking with him, talking with him. They've been, they're an everyday protege of Jesus Christ. And you would think that after three years, they'd have it together. But on the night that Jesus was arrested and betrayed, they all left him. I mean, how do you go from being a protege of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, to saying, I don't know this guy? And that's what Peter did. He denied Jesus three times. He told a little servant girl, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know this man. And after Jesus was crucified, the Bible says that they locked themselves in their homes because they were afraid of the Jewish people. The, the Jewish leaders, the, the leaders of the synagogue. So here they are living as cowards. But then 50 days later, 
Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost. He preaches the gospel, the good news of Jesus, at the threat of losing his life. 3,000 people get saved. How do you go from being behind a locked door to standing up and preaching the gospel like that? How do you go from coward to confident? Can, can I tell you that there's only one explanation? And it's found in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. <laughs> it's the, it was when they received the Holy Spirit. He brought power into their lives. And that's what I want for you today. This is my prayer for you. That the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit would be with you all. That's what I want for you. I want to wrap up with this. In John 14, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as parakletos. It's a, a, a paraclete. All right? This word parakletos, it means to come alongside. Okay, so the best word picture that I could give you of a parakletos is if you're picking up one end, the Holy Spirit picks up the other end. He comes alongside you. And I just want to ask you today, don't you want somebody in your life? Don't you want someone in your life who can come alongside you, who would be there every moment, every minute, every second, every millisecond of every day? He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's with you all the way until the end. Wouldn't you want somebody who would teach you and guide you and correct you and strengthen you and empower you and warn you? Wouldn't you want someone in your life who would be there every moment? of every day that's the Holy Spirit and, and he wants he wants to work in your life and so I'm inviting you to just be filled with the Holy Spirit today so would you bow your heads with me and I, I just want to close in prayer Father I pray Father for every person here today that we would be filled with the Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit Lord for us to say that we don't we don't want a relationship with the Holy Spirit is to say we don't want a relationship with you. He, he's, he's God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we have this relationship with you, Father, but we want a fresh new relationship with the Holy Spirit too. The Holy Spirit who will lead us and guide us into all truth, who will direct our steps. He will be a, a paracletos. He'll come alongside us and help us, Lord. Father, I pray that you'd break down every barrier, everything that would cause us to, to want to turn away from the Holy Spirit. Break it down. Father, I pray that you would give us all that the Holy Spirit has to offer, all the gifts, all the abilities. Fill us fresh and new. And today, Lord, we, we just pray for an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. And with your head still bowed, if... If, I want to tell you today, if you're far from God, if, if you don't have a relationship with God, if you've drifted from, from God, maybe, maybe you were once close to God and you have fallen away from God, I want to tell you that you can come back home today. I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is drawing you. He's speaking to your heart today. He's whispering you to you today. But you can't have the intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit until you first have a relationship with God the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. That you have to acknowledge Jesus Christ is the Savior. That's the first step. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, 
you haven't you, you, you haven't taken him up on the payment of your sins. You're still trying to pay for your sins. You're still feeling guilty and condemned. Today is the day that you can make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand boldly today. One, two, three. Come on, slip up your hand. Say, that's me. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else would say, that's me? One, two, three, four. Who else would say, that's me, Ben? I'm going all in. Thank you. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, come on, somebody. Let's give God praise right now for, for almost a, a dozen people who are saying yes to Jesus. Well, we thank you for that today. Let's pray this prayer, church. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life, all that I am. Would you forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, make me new? I surrender. I'm yours. You are mine, and from this day forward, I will serve you, love you, and live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, one more time. Let's give God thanks today for salvation.